This is the Storm Report. Welcome back to the Storm Report podcast uh, from our Wichita studio. It is Tommy Castor, and I'm Dan Holiday in Kansas City with another edition of uh, Everything Weather. We talk a lot about what's going on in the weather currently, and we also bring in a guest who uh, obviously has uh, typically a lot more experience than we do and adds a lot to this fine program, which is uh, just uh, now entering its 22nd episode. And uh, this time around, we're so proud uh, proud to welcome uh, Rodney Price. Uh, Rodney from uh, Harveyville, Kansas, uh, was on television in uh, Topeka and uh, then spent time on television, continues to be seen in Wichita, both on uh, KSNW and was on KWCH and, uh, of course, on radio as well, too, at KNSS. Welcome, Rodney. It's good to have you. Dan, Tommy, very uh, proud to be with you guys today. And boy, that's a whole laundry list of uh, accolades <laughs> there. Wow. <laughs> did I did I say that correctly? Tell me about uh, tell me about uh, being raised there um, in uh, in in and around that part of the state. What that was like? Well, you know, we weren't too far away from the city. You know, anytime we wanted to go to Emporia or Topeka, spent plenty of time there. But you know, it's the classic uh, Midwestern uh, Plains uh, community. You know, the old joke as it goes. You know, you. Uh, go through town. If you, if you go too fast, you've missed it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, Harveyville, it's a, a very small community. Uh, I think the latest census was about 250 people and that includes my folks that are still there in the community. So it is, uh, it's Wichita is a long way from Harveyville. Let's just put it that way. It's a, a completely different vibe, completely different, uh, state of mind, but, uh, Definitely wouldn't trade uh, either experience for anything, for sure. So how many were in your high school graduating class? Uh, about 40. 40? Uh, 34 for me. Tommy, how about you? So I actually grew up in Clearwater, so I think we had 92 in my graduating class, so a little bit bigger than Harveyville. Yeah, yeah you, you got us beat. Yeah, and we're from a benefit where, and it's still this way, Um it's uh, three towns that have consolidated. In fact, that that happened, my goodness, I was probably, oh boy, I think the high school started in the early 70s, so way before I got there. Uh, but it's three towns consolidated um, because otherwise uh, my grade school, eighth grade graduating class, we had eight. Not much at all. <laughs> eight. Yes. Eight. I remember, um, I remember playing, see, I went to high school at Flint Hills, um, and that's, that's based in Roselia and we played Hamilton, Kansas in basketball. And I think at one point they had four players on the team. So oh, wow. I think we won the game by like 70 points because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do when there's five against four, but when you're yeah. in, uh, when you're in those small towns, there's just, um, well, everybody knows everybody and, and, and there's just something special about going home. Yeah, there sure is, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, you just kind of let your guard down, if you will. You're just relaxed. And, um, yeah, just just a, a great little community that's, you know, it's it's had its hardships and stuff. Of course, uh, a few of you may remember the uh, tornado from uh, February of 2012. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My folks were impacted by that. In fact, the tornado track was about... Well, it, it unfortunately took the life of their next door neighbor. The, the track mm. of it, it damaged their home heavily. 
uh, we're able to get back in within about three months um, and then a new garage uh, later that summer. But uh, the tornado path, the center of the path was, I want to say less than 50 yards from, from them. So had that track even shifted, you know, a little farther South um, might be talking a, do, a, a whole different, a little yeah. theme there, but um, yeah, definitely uh, not the uh, easiest thing to go through, you know, having for so many years, you know, telling people to, to uh, take shelter and to be able to uh, provide, you know, coverage and things like that. And, you know, not, and, you know, we would see pictures and, and video and things like that in interviews, uh, but to actually, you know, have it impact somebody that you, that you love and, and know, you know, the hurt that it's caused. It's uh, it definitely brings a, a, a fresh new perspective to say the least. Well, with all of us that grew up in the plains, um, you know, we know that all too well, it seems like when severe weather season rolls around and we always have our, well, and you two have, have, have something in common in terms of the college of choice at KU. Because Rodney, you went to KU, right? Rock chalk. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So what, uh, what was uh, going to school that, that you went to obviously for, I'm assuming, atmospheric science? That's correct. Yes. And uh, what we, we talked to Nathan Jurgensen, who works at the National Weather Service in North Platte last weekend, about grueling and schooling and what that's <laughs> like to go through. Uh, you recall it well, and, and you know now down the road, um, are there times you look back and go, I remember that time in class when this really came in handy. Oh, uh, you, you know, um, definitely, definitely uh, perspectives that you get uh, with college as far as, um, you know, I had a really uh, a lot of good help from, you know, other classmates. Um, also had um, some wonderful journalism professors um, that were were helpful as far as being able to you know, give you tips and things and working on voice, um, working on projection, things like that. Um, and those things have always come in handy and trying to remember that. Um, uh, I think probably the first best bit of advice that I got was, uh, when I was interning at uh, KTKA in Topeka while I was uh, in school and we were able to, you know, after, after the newscast was over, the, we had a director that was really helpful in allowing some of the, the weather interns to get in front of the green screen and be able to uh, do some practice runs. Um, because that, you know, at, at the time, we didn't have a green screen at KU. And, um, you know, the setup was completely different. But as far as, you know, getting that practice, she was really nice in, in allowing us to do that. And so, you know, we get an air check done and, talk it over with her after, you know, it's all said and done and, and, you know, asked how it looked and, and I'll never forget it. She says, you know, you'll, you'll be okay. Once we get that dead roadkill look off of your face. So, <laughs> so you know, you know, I, I'm, I might not be the flashiest person as far as, you know, like other personalities like Brian Busby or Al Roker or, or anything like that. But, you know, I do take pride in trying to, you know, do the best job I can and, you know, communicating, you know, what a person's going to need when they're, you know, heading out the door, uh, what they're going to need to do in the event that, you know, severe weather is impacting them. 
and, uh, you know, just be able to give that in a, a clear kind of a calm matter and, you know, help that person, you know, do what they need to do, whether it's planning for the day or, you know, running down to the basement or whatever it may be. Rodney, so it seems like all of us that work in broadcasting, whether we've been in radio or television over the years, we all sort of have some kind of big break moment or big break story or a moment when we knew that we were on the right path, that we were in the right industry. Do you have a big break story or a big break moment where you knew you were on the right track? Oh, that's a good question, Tommy. Um, Wow. I don't know if it was one event per se, but... Um, I do remember one time, um, gosh, it would have been early in my career down here when I made it to Wichita and they needed, uh, one Saturday afternoon, they needed, um, they needed a kind of a, a local presence on a story about the heat and it was in the middle of the summer and it was on, um, this new brand new cable outlet, which was MSNBC and, um, so O'Brien, I remember getting interviewed by her and, you know, uh, talking about how hot it was and things like that. And I got done and, you know, kind of messed up a couple of things, a little nervous, you know, being the first kind of national, um, look, if you will. But I just remember thinking, well, that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, um, but as far as, you know, some other events and things like that, um, you know, certainly some uh, events like big tornadoes that we've had in Kansas, um, working the uh, Hayesville, Wichita tornado of 1999 um, was mostly behind the scenes that night. But uh, I remember we had some technical issues there with a computer that we had received that day. Um but, um, you know, other events, we had a tornado that went through, uh, Pratt back in 2002. Uh, remember being at expiration place at the time, because that's where the, uh, the KSN weather lab was at, at expiration place. And, uh, Dave Freeman and I were, were covering that, um, just a lot of, you know, events like that, that, um, you know, you never cheer for the storms. You're cheering for, you know, the, the people that are being affected. You want them to make it through safely and stuff. But um, at the same time, you know, severe weather, that's definitely one of the bigger passions that I have as far as, you know, when it comes to weather, um, you know, every spring, you know, when it starts to warm up and, you know, you feel that increase in humidity in the morning and it's like that starts to get my blood flowing when, when you feel that and you know that there's that kind of a potential for storms later in the day, you hope everybody makes it through. Okay. But at the same time, I mean, this is what we've been training to do for all along to, you know, help people get through that. Well, Rodney, I want to go back to something that uh, you said a few minutes ago about how you don't root for the storm, you root for the people. And we actually had J.D. Rudd on this show a couple of months ago, and he said the exact same thing, you know, the, the same words. And I'm wondering, is that a Dave Freeman line? Is that something you learned from him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a, a Daveism for sure. <laughs> that was definitely something Dave um, instilled in me. And, you know, I, I can remember... Going to when I was at school at KU at the time of the uh, the the Andover tornado, the big outbreak 
1991. And I, re- I remember, um, cause we had, we had uh, a buddy of mine, he and I had been chasing that day and we saw a, a tornado that went through, uh, parts of Wabunsee County to the West of, of Harveyville, went through the Flint Hills, um, went close to Rossville, Kansas, uh, pretty, pretty decent, uh, F2 track there that went through, uh, the Flint Hills. And I remember getting back after we'd been chasing that day and was so excited about, you know, what we had seen and everything that had gone on. And, and I thought, how cool is this? And I had a classmate of mine remind me, Hey, you know, it's not cool when that many people die. And we are you know, just kind of learning what had happened down here in Wichita with, you know, South Wichita and especially in Andover. So, um, you know, that kind of put it in perspective, but then on top of that, you know, starting to work professionally and, and yeah, that was definitely something that Dave instilled in us that, you know, there are people being affected by these storms. So you, uh, yes, you want to make sure that you've got the energy and, um, you're relaying that message properly, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're rooting for the people that are being affected for sure. It's ironic. You brought up that, um, that April 26, 1991 storm. I was also chasing with a friend from high school that day. Um, and we were, this is, you know, it's one of those times when I was working at a radio station and DJing proms and homecomings and things like that on the side mm-hmm. to make a little extra money. And sure. we had a prom to DJ in Tonkawa, Oklahoma that night. And I was on the way down and I, you know, being the weather geek that I was, I had a little crystal scanner and I remember hearing somebody, it, it might've been Sedgwick County, uh, somebody saying there are what we think is six tornadoes on the ground west of Goddard. And I was like, what? You know? And then they came back and they said, no, it just looks like it's splitting. And, and I remember we went through rain and hail as we were going south on I-135 we got down past Pawnee and all those exits as we got further south into Wichita. And by the time I got to 47th Street, I was looking straight ahead, heading southbound towards Oklahoma. He taps me on the shoulder, on the right shoulder, and didn't say anything, couldn't say anything, and just pointed to the right. And there it was. I oh, mean, wow. just right there. And and we drove south of it and watched it pass to our north as it drug homes across the interstate. And um, I can remember it hitting, I believe it was Cox Farms, and and the sky turned like an orange and a purple and a red because it was hitting that, you know, that that um yes. area with all the plants and the and the yes. flowers and everything. And so um and after that we couldn't get north and uh, uh you know there was so much damage. The guy bringing our equipment for the dance couldn't get south. Uh, to Tonkawa, so the prom was canceled, and I, you know, they, the kids that year said that, um, you know, they had to bring their own music. It was just a strange, strange night, and um, and it was just so. As you you, you recall, it wasn't just in in and around Wichita, but it affected a large part of the Central Plains that day. It sure did. Yeah, there were you know tornadoes from Oklahoma all the way through Kansas and uh, even Nebraska and Iowa. So. Uh, there was one of our um, storm chase teams at KU that uh, 
made it across the border uh, and saw some damage near Beatrice, uh, Nebraska. So there was uh, there were plenty of storms to go around. That's you know that's one of those days you just you know never forget as far as you know the way uh, how volatile the atmosphere was, how windy it was, just driving out to um, get to where the storms were going to be. Um, there was just, you know, you just, you just felt it in the air, even though, you know, it was early and well, not really early in my college career. I was a junior at the time. So I was, a uh, you know, at least halfway through everything, but I just remember feeling, wow, this is, this is a little bit different than just your gar- garden variety stuff. This is, uh, this is looking a little more volatile today for sure. Even today, um, when there's about to be a severe weather day somewhere in the plains, you will still hear people say, is this going to be one of those Andover days? I mean, that's how big it was. Yeah. Yeah. You have a benchmark of what it's, you know, compared to, you know, and, and Andover, that was a, a high risk day. That was a, a forecast that, you know, well before, you know, the storm prediction center was putting out, you know, the day three, day four through eight outlooks. This was, this was at a time when, um, it was only day one and day two. So that's, that's all the products they had. You had to know how to decipher all of it because at that point they used a lot of abbreviations. So yeah, definitely, definitely a different time for sure. The days of DIFAX, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whole different way oh. of getting that. And, and dot matrix printers. Um, you know, wow. and, and, and when it comes to severe weather, uh, boy, what happened to this year? We didn't, we saw some in the deep South earlier this year, and now it seems like we're talking about tropical storm this and hurricane that, but, uh, we just didn't have much of a, of a severe weather season, certainly in the plains. Yeah. It, very bizarre. I mean, you know, I'm looking at some of the stats I'm thinking about here in the top of my head. I don't have them right handy with me, with me, but, um, I know in Wichita's county warning area, the Wichita National Weather Service, their county warning area, they haven't had a single tornado in their area here in 2020. It's been since late June of 2019 since Sedgwick County has had either a tornado watch or a tornado warning uh, for the county or a part of the county. So it's just been... You know, we've had some decent storms. Um, I've gone on a number of storm chases this year and have seen some great structure at times. Uh, but yeah, just just did not have the uh, you know the typical plains kind of severe weather season. Which hey, that's not bad, you know, because we make up for them in you know in future years, I'm sure. But uh, again, going back to that, you know, rooting for the people and not the storms there. Um, you know, if, if we have a quiet year, sure. That's, you know, disappointing. If you want to go out and, 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 you know, take some pictures or, or shoot some video, but you know, at the end, Hey, with what we've had to deal with in 2020, I'll, I'll take it. Rodney, this is a, uh, this is a hotbed political year. And, and do you ever get asked sometimes by people, um, your feelings on climate change and do you ever catch yourself going, Oh, I just don't want to go there because somebody's <laughs> going to think I'm on one side or the other. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't really concern myself with that as far as when I'm doing 
Uh, and you know, my, my opportunities as far as, you know, doing, uh, TV coverage, you know, that's, uh, some freelancing that I'm doing with KSN right now. And I haven't done, I haven't been on the air since February. Um, just, you know, the whole comfort level and, and stuff with, with everything that's been going on. Um, so, you know, and as far as day to day stuff, I, you know, I worry about what, you know, mom and dad or, mm-hmm. or boys and girls worry about, okay, what, what do I need to wear today? What do I need to plan for? You know, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in that, you know, one to seven day time period. Um, definitely do not, you know, worry about things that are, you know, years down the road. Um, and yes, you know, you're right, Dan, it is, it is, it, it's, it's like anything else. It, it, everything seems to have become politicized and it's unfortunate. Um, so yeah, we just, we just kind of, I just kind of take a hands-off approach there because, you know, when we're presenting our, our forecast, there's not a whole lot of time to, uh, you know, basically dive in, show what you're going to show and then have to be done, you know, in the span of two and a half to three and a half minutes. So, you know, it's pretty much, like I said, you know, what do I need to dress for the next day? Is there a chance for rain? Can I mow tomorrow? You know, it's, it's something that's definitely in in the here and now what's affecting us right here and now. Hey, Rodney, I want to ask you about kind of a unique part of your career in television here in Wichita. So I've been an avid Wichita news watcher for a long time, pretty much my entire life started with my parents when I was young and all the way till now. And primarily, I focus on television weather in Wichita. And back when you worked at KSN, that was back during the time when the Weather Lab was an exploration place in downtown Wichita. And I always thought how unique that was, you know, and for lack of a better term, it was kind of like being at the zoo, right? I mean, did you feel like you were behind glass and people were watching you? You know, what kind of pressure was that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely a lot more eyeballs. And it's definitely a a different feel when you have that many people real close to you because, you know, prior to that, you know, my experience was, you know, you know, occasionally maybe we had a, a, um, a group of um, visitors that may be dropping by to, to watch a newscast or something like that. And so, you know, that would happen once in a while, but, you know, definitely being behind the glass, if you will, was a a very unique experience. It was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a great time to be, uh, down here, um, at expiration place. It was a great time to, you know, this brand new science center to be able to bring what, you know, we got to do every day and show our enthusiasm and, and our passion for it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we had some, we had some, uh, great groups that would come in and, you know, would uh, have some, you know, great questions about, you know, science yeah. or, or weather or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you could, um, have the opportunity to, to chat with people and, um, Probably the best thing about Exploration Place, of course, it opened up in 20, uh, beg your pardon, in 2000, the year 2000. So 20 years ago, hard to believe it's gone by that fast, but, uh, but, uh, opening day was April 1st of 2000. And 
Um, I remember Dave and I, we were both working that day just because it was the grand opening. We had been in there for about a month and a half. We'd moved back. We had moved in there rather in February, you know, to get everything moved over, get all the bugs worked out. So we, we had been there for a while and, you know, getting up to speed, getting up to practice with, with everything so that once the whole opening took place that, you know, all those bugs were worked out. But opening day was April 1st. And as uh, Dave and I walked back to our area, um, so there were a lot of different volunteers that were uh, around the museum. And there was this uh, one young lady that was uh, assigned to our our area that day. And, and I got to chat with her a little bit and her, her dad was actually down there as well. And, and they, uh, um, you know, were visiting the, uh, the area too. And, um, come to find out, you know, uh, <laughs> a, uh, a few weeks later or, or a couple of months later, she, uh, she and I went out and, uh, we started dating after that. And, uh, got married a couple of years later. So, you know, it's just fun. It's just funny how those things kind of work out sometimes. She was like, I was looking in, in the fishbowl and there he was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what's funny is that, you know, there was a lot on our plate that day. So I don't remember a whole lot of our conversation, but the funny thing is I remember more from my now father-in-law who was, you know, asking me questions about, because uh, at that time we had a high definition TV display, which was the big new thing. Uh, and he was asking me questions about that. So I remember, I remember more about that conversation than I did our initial conversation with her. And so uh, whenever my wife needs, you know, has that chance to, you know, kind of rub it in a little bit, she's more than eager to do that for me. So, <laughs> and now, and now you all have a family. We do. Yeah. A daughter in high school and I've got a young man that is, uh, uh, in first grade. So we've got a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a, uh, a spread there at the, uh, ages, but, uh, it keeps me young though, even at, uh, my quote unquote advanced age. So it keeps <laughs> me young. <laughs> so is, is, uh, is things change and boy have things changed when it comes to television. Um, people still watch television, they still listen to radio, but they listen differently than they used to. Um, how is, how do you feel this has affected the industry in broadcasting as a whole? I think, you know, you might say that, well, we've changed platforms. I mean, I remember reading a book on podcasting, uh, 15 years ago, but look where we are now with podcasting, you know, it's exploding. What, uh, oh, yeah. how, how do you feel about the advancement of social media, how it's changed the way and the amount that people watch the TV. Well, it, it's definitely a lot different landscape than when I had started in this business, for sure. Um, you know, at the time when when I started in the mid '90s, um, we had a modem connection in our office to be able to download some data. Uh, we had a uh, Dyfax feed <laughs> uh, in the office to get all of our charts and stuff. But we did not have, uh, you know, we did not have internet. I think our promotions person had internet in their office. And, you know, to be able to check out this worldwide web that was out there, it was very strange. So, you know, for a workday for me, when I first started, it was, you know, get in, 
tear off the maps, make the forecast. Um, we had a newscast. Oh boy, six to seven o'clock before Good Morning America. And then I had some radio to do and then some cut-ins, you know, at the bottom and the top of the hour. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and after that, you know, your your day was pretty much complete. Um, you know, it's completely different now uh, with, you know, you've got an app to, to update. You've got uh, the web page to update. You've got um, radio, which is still good. Still great to have the, the radio partnerships uh, to be able to, um, you know, branch out. But there are definitely a lot more ways that a person can get their weather today. And that's, and that's the, you know, trying to um, make everything relevant. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Um, because, like I said, there's very, there's a whole lot of ways that a person can get the weather forecast today. And especially in the morning, you may not have somebody there for very long. You they, they may have the TV on for, you know, five minutes or less. So, uh, have to have a way to, you know, get that word across to them because if they're not getting their weather from, from TV, you know, they're going to be checking their phone. They're going to be checking online. Uh, maybe they've got the radio, uh, on in the car going to work and maybe they hear you there. Um, so it's just a completely different world there, but and, and then on top of that, as you mentioned, social media, that is a, a completely different beast. Um, you know, when we had f- feedback that we got, you know, early on in my career was, you know, maybe somebody called and, you know, you know, maybe asked, asked you about the forecast or something because they had, had not seen it uh, on TV that morning or they had missed it or, you know, or somewhere else. And, you know, nowadays it's, it's near impossible to find somebody that knows at least, you know, a little bit about what's going on, whether they've, you know, watched TV for a few minutes in the morning, getting ready for work, or they've, you know, looked at their phone. Um, maybe they've seen, uh, something you've posted on Facebook or, or Twitter or, or Instagram or whatever the, the, the choice, the platform might be. So it's, it's, it's a completely different world for sure. And, um, I'd say, I'd say it's mostly good, but I'll tell you what, at at times it can be, um, it can be exhausting, if you will, um, because some of the, some of the feedback that you can get, you just gotta, it's kind of, kind of like a duck. You just let the water roll off your back because, um, it's, you know, everybody's got a chance to provide feedback, which, which is, which can be great. It can be very helpful, but at times it, it can be, um, well, let's just say it can be mean. Yeah, it can be mean. It can be just downright nasty. So, um, I kind of make a running joke, you know, social media is very unsocial at times. So, yeah, it definitely, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot different from, you know, 25, 30 years ago for sure. You know, Rodney, your handle on Twitter, we know, uh, is is so at one lightning rod. And we figured, <laughs> you know, uh, Tommy and I figured it would be a good time to introduce the lightning round of questions. Oh my goodness. These are these are five questions that have absolutely nothing to do with weather. Okay. So we'd love to know a little bit more about you. Okay. 
Number one, what is your favorite childhood toy? Oh, my goodness. I would probably say Matchbox um, Cars. Matchbox Cars. Yeah, I, I would say, my goodness, I can remember playing out in the garden or the house <laughs> or whatever with, you know, making all kinds of little roads and and little things there for the for the, the Matchbox Cars. So Mud pies. Yeah. Uh, me- maybe occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Best, uh, best 80s pop song. Ooh. Or one of your favorite. Wow. I'd say you probably couldn't go wrong with Prince um, or Phil Collins. Um, that's probably a couple of my favorite, I would say, as far as pop goes. It's got to be in the air tonight, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, you you can't go wrong with that drum solo. That's I mean, that's <laughs> unmistakable when you when you hear that, you know it's it's building up and then it just that crescendo of of drums that just comes right into your face. It's it's a good one. Um I tend to listen to a little bit more probably heavier stuff. Um You know like Danzig or Metallica or something like that, right? Metallica, definitely <laughs> definitely Metallica for sure. Little Van Halen, so uh, that's all good. What uh, What would you say the scariest movie of all time is? Uh, scariest movie that all time or that yeah that that you've, I have ever, seen? you've ever seen? Yeah. Oh gosh, probably any of the Freddy Krueger ones would uh, put a chill down your spine. I'd say. I mean, especially the first one. My goodness, the. I remember one of the the characters laying on a bed and all of a sudden the hands come up and grab the person (laughs) down in the bed. I mean, that's just, Ooh, man, that's just, that's just brutal. Don't go to sleep. (laughs) First concert you've ever seen, you, you ever saw, uh, the rainmakers, they were a Kansas city band, um, back in the mid to late eighties and early nineties. Um, I remember seeing them of all places at K state, uh, a buddy of mine from high school, they had a back to school week and, and I hadn't gone back to school. I think K state maybe had started a, a little bit earlier than we had that year at KU. And so I'm like, Hey, we got to check out this, check out the rainmakers. And cause it was, it was a group that, um, w- introduced us. Uh, we had been introduced to that group rather f- by a, a journalism teacher, at, uh, at our high school and he had gone to KU and he knew of the band. And so that's how we got to do it. I know the group. And so that was like fall of 1988. So yeah, that the Rainmakers, they were, that was a good show. And, uh, who was the better character on the Andy Griffith show? Was it Goober or Gomer? <laughs> oh boy. I didn't watch that show too much. Um, I like the name Goober. <laughs> we'll just go with that. It just sounds better, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> because every once in a while on social media, when you get somebody that lashes out, you just want to type back, thank you, Goober. Yeah. <laughs> that or or Karen, whatever pops up there. <laughs> Connie, Susan, one of the two. You never know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Whatever comes to mind, I guess. So, uh 
now that we've uh, we've seen this uh, this tropical season do what it's done, um, do you have any insight? I know uh, you know forecasting a day out is a challenge for about any of us, but um, oh, yeah. they they predict an above average season. We're starting to you know this week we've gotten some of the moisture from Beta. Uh, how many more fraternity or sorority names do you think we'll go through this year? <laughs> Ooh, good question. It's been a few years since we've done that. What was it, 2005 the last time that they had to uh, make their way into the Greek alphabet, I think? I think I think that was the year. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. I mean, we're just past the peak. The season goes till November uh, officially. But I know in that year, 2005, we had some storms that were even past that. So, boy, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, Dan. Um, it has been very active. Um, but, you know, as far as it, it seems like sometimes that, you know, the tropics get going and then all of a sudden things just shut down for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's, you know, the 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 winds, the steering currents get a little bit off or things cool down just enough. I don't know. Tropics definitely are not my uh, forte, but um, I'd say we probably got a few more in us, I would say. Yeah, something we'll need to be watching here and kind of see how it evolves. Nevertheless, we may have to go through another round of names. And where will those come from? Olivia? No, we've already had an Olivia, haven't we, in years past? So, Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to tap into the World Meteorological Organization and see what yes. they're thinking. Yeah, I I, I forget uh, how far in advance they've. I know they do those out five years in as far as five years in advance, but I'm not sure. I haven't looked on the NHC's website in a while to see how many more years we've got until they've you know I've got to up update the uh, list there. I I don't remember right off the top of my head. We didn't have a March Madness uh, this year, but we may have one coming up in the next season, and we know who you and Tommy are going to be rooting for, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Rock chalk. Hey, Rodney, I don't know if you're the kind of KU fan that I am, but at least for me, maybe you're the same way. Uh, I really hope we have a college basketball season just so it gets my mind off how bad the football team is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... Ugh. You had to bring that up, didn't you? Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's baby steps. It's, you know, hopefully at some point um, they've got enough numbers and they've got, um, you know, players that have more experience. Hopefully at some point, you know, we'll turn that corner there because, you know, when I first got to KU, it was a – it was a sorry football team that I think my first year there, their only victory was against K-State. And boy, you look at what K-State has done since then. I mean, that's that's something that, some consistency that you would like to see. Because I, I love basketball. Don't get me wrong. I love basketball, but, you know, I want a good football season too. I want a good football team. So hopefully that's something that, you know, can – kind of take shape here over the next, you know, a couple of years and get back to some respectability. But yeah, for right now in the present, it hurts a little bit for sure. No plans to move to Norman to be, uh, you know, an OU fan or anything like that? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no way, no how. <laughs> well, you'll find him uh, on Twitter at OneLightningRod. 
And uh, of course, obviously on Facebook under Rodney Price. And uh, we're so glad that you were a guest with us here uh, this week on the Storm Report podcast. Um, as always, it's fun getting to know more about you and what you love and what you endure with weather and what you uh, have experienced with weather too. I appreciate it, Dan. It's been uh, nice to chat with you and Tommy. Definitely a good time. Absolutely. You can find us. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, we're available on all the platforms. Uh, also, if you'd like to become a Storm Reporter of the Week, uh, I don't think we have the Silver Sow Award, but it is the next best thing <laughs> in the prize closet that we'll dig out for the next <laughs> nice. recipient. You can let us know at weather at thestormreport.com. Uh, thanks again, Rodney, and we'll talk to you next week for Episode 23.